0: Jesus, this is the last session, and um, I was just so encouraged to look back at how the church started as we look forward as a church, but just to spend a few moments, Lord, looking back at the people that were left behind when you were resurrected and you returned to be with the Father, and um, what we can learn from them, Lord. Uh, maybe we can be challenged, but Lord, I just think we'll just get so much encouragement from looking at these people who had really nothing going for them but your story and the love they had for each other and you grew that church and it blew up the world and um, i think if we can be encouraged by their testimony lord um, if we become more like jesus through these words then this church
1: will grow in jesus name amen
0: this is, this is going to be a bit different, this sermon, because rather than having like a share time at the end, I, as I was going, preparing for it this last session, I just had these moments where I just felt we needed to stop and pray as um, God's people. So when I do that, I encourage you to be a part of that. I don't know how that'll work out. Maybe I'll be the only one praying, but I just encourage you to be a part of it because a lot of these things I felt convicted about and challenged and encouraged, and I want to move to that. So um, when that happens, I just encourage you to pour out your heart we'll spend a few moments when, when it comes to it. So I want to start by telling you guys a story. Um, friends of ours who are missionaries in Japan recently came back. I think they come back every four or five years or something like that. They've got to. And I was just talking to him about it. It was actually funny like because it was this time last year and maybe that was a part of, again, my journey coming out of that dark period. But I was sitting around the table and um, we were just talking about, I guess, the current climate in the church not just our church but like the church worldwide and uh my mate dean was telling me about this friend who he'd known from like i think they went to school together or something like that and this was a guy that was a diehard atheist what else did he have you know he he, he was in the drug scene yeah, i mean just li- list all the stuff like this guy had just no reservations for anything that he was going to do dean knew this guy and he actually came back to australia and i don't know how they reconnected, but he actually met this guy again. This is like, what, 15, 20 years after they've been at school. Um, and this guy had become a Christian. And Dean was just blown away. And um, so he asked this guy, he was just like, he's like, mate, you are the last person in the world that I would expect to have become a Christian. And um, like, he was a talented musician. Like, if, this guy just had everything going for him. And, um, he said, he, he said something that was really interesting. He said, um, what did it for me wasn't so much how I was loved by the church, but how I saw the church love each other. And I was really struck by that, <laughs> as you can imagine. And um, he said, look, and as I become a Christian, I can see, this is this guy speaking, um, I should have figured out his name, but anonymous. Um, I can see that, Christianity has a lot of defining marks, like our love for the poor, our love for our enemies. Um, He's like, there's a lot of good stuff we do out there in the world, but he said the magic of Christianity really is how Christians treat each other. And um, that just really struck with me. And um, I thought, what an amazing thing to think that the love that we have for each other, how we act, how we live as a church can have such an impact on people that they actually want to come into that. They want to be a part of that. Um, so that's what I've labeled today's message. And I want to sort of look back on, um, you know, the early church really, and just glean some encouragement from them. But I wanted to start with a question before we get there, which is what are Christians known for in this day and age? Sorry. Oh, was that rhetorical? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't rhetorical, <laughs> but that was really quick. Hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Camille said hypocrisy. I mean, I'm not. It's not a good or bad, I'm just wanting to find out. If you think about the church worldwide, um, what are we known for? Sorry? Gay. Hating gay people.
2: Clearly this
0: is not me. Okay. <laughs> well, not clearly, but I'm saying. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Judgmental? Yeah.
0: Not being yeah. any fun?
1: <laughs> Old-fashioned.
0: Prude. Old-fashioned prudes. Prude. Sorry, say that again.
2: A really, powerful
1: really powerful bureaucracy, yeah. Big right. pardon? Not progressive. Not progressive. Yes. Interfering in government.
2: Protecting corruption.
0: Yeah. Protecting corruption in its ranks. Man, we've we've gone really gone the negative path, haven't we guys? <laughs> I was gonna say like World Aid. World, World Aid? Aid, yep, yeah. yeah, like I want all of it. Like I'm just you just think about it. Yeah. Education, yeah. I mean, there's so much that the church has done that's good that has, is lost in, really, the mess that, I guess, in many ways the media creates and wants us to believe, and it's not that these bad things don't happen, but... I think it's interesting
2: us, so we hear what can say. Yep. If we don't
0: get across the goodness, Sure. So, Raji was just saying... Um, we kind of just base our feelings about church, um, how it's going as a whole by our own backyard, really, rather than sort of knowing the full perspective, yeah. Um, So I guess as long as we have Christians in church that don't live like Jesus, we're going to probably continue to make headlines. Um, There'll always be a story, a scandal um, that, you know, the world just loves to hang out for the world to see. and it's no wonder that they look at us and go, well, if that's what Jesus is, then I really don't want to be a part of that. And, I, and you guys are right, everything that's come out, like we've, we've got a lot to answer for. Um, maybe not us personally, but collectively as we wear that name. We, just, we have that reputation. And, um, you know, I mean, some of the more recent things I was thinking about, you know, like the child abuse scandals, like the domestic violence, Um and it's all happening in the church, and I'm um, not to say that it's not happening elsewhere, but like this is the last place you would assume this type of stuff would happen, and like, we, we really can't stand for that type of stuff, and, and we must start speaking out, standing up for the victims because um, it's in our backyard and I, I follow a lot of this stuff on Twitter, like I don 't know if you know there's some big stuff going on in the states with the Southern Baptist Sem- uh, Southern Baptist College, uh, the seminary over there where um, one of the main guys there, I don't know if he's the dean or whatever his job is, he's high up there, but he um, he was counselling, all this has come out that he's been counselling these women who were in really dom- domestic violence, like re- living with so-called Christian men who were beating them up and he was telling them to go back and suffer for the ministry and just pray and all this stuff. Like, it's just unreal. So I'm following this on Twitter and then uh, a guy called Russell Moore calls this guy out. Um, who seems to be one of the guys that actually has this one of the guys at this college that um, is in part of this movement that um, is just willing to call this stuff out anyway so he, he had this really great trend on Twitter where he was just calling it out saying like this is not only is it unbiblical it's un jesus and it's just the world sniffs this stuff and they almost don't even want to go to the Bible to find out like if we 're going to say that that's what it is then um, like to them, it's just like it just seems you, you say you love Jesus and yet then you can counsel somebody like this. And I was just absolutely shocked. You just need to look at the comments of after this guy had come out and really called this guy out, all these people going in and just saying how unbiblical he was and you're encouraging people to get divorced. And it, and it was just it was just a tra- like tragic. I just remember reading it and just getting so darn angry. I was like, like how am I supposed to... You know, I guess I asked the question, I mean that what we are as a church, and I know that's one small part of it, but like here we have people that are that should be standing up for Jesus, loving each other, and yet there's the complete opposite really going on in the church.
1: And you know, that's just one example. Like
0: I I could go on all day, but we'd probably all get depressed and just not want to talk to each other and get angry. And um But, you know, and I I think in many ways it might get worse. I think that as more people get, feel, you know, have the strength to speak out about this stuff, maybe more stuff's going to come out. Um, And that's just not what Jesus says we should be known for. Um, So my my question is, where's the magic? Like, like um, Dean's friend, you know, where's the magic? And like, what hope is there for us in a in a in a climate where the church just seems to be crumbling? Like, and as I thought about this, I was just I don't know how I ended up in Acts, but I just ended up in Acts, <laughs> and um, oh man, it was like I just went from this Twitter pathetic tragic conversation to this like life giving, like refocusing energy on like what it could be and what it should be. So you got a
1: Bible. Start moving to Acts two, and I think the
0: temptation with early Christians is somehow we start thinking that um, oh that we can't really relate to them because maybe oh the climate in that time was different, and um, you know you can you can get a real disconnect from God's word when you start thinking that way. But think for a moment. Um, yeah, sure. They didn't have social media. They didn't have, you know, newspapers printing headlines of all the dodgy stuff that they'd done. But think about the, the scandal of what had just happened, which is the people that were left over from Jesus leaving, who have decided to still keep on with this. Like what that must have been like in society. Like to see to see the guy you love, the guy you claim to be king, to be God, hung up naked on a cross, like in front of the whole city. Um, that, that would be embarrassing. And you put yourself in their shoes and you just think, man, the scandals don't get much worse than that, really. And so we might have it hard now, but they also had it hard back then. So just think about that as we go into this, this verse and we look at how these guys survived after Jesus left. Because I think it's key in how we survive as a church and how we grow. So Acts 2 verse 42. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I mean, that's, that's a picture, isn't it? Like, And, and there's a, just a word there. I, I must have read that verse a hundred times, but there's a word there that I've, just, I've missed, and it starts with D. Can somebody say it out for me? devoted and that's really what struck me as i read this passage is that they weren't just a bunch of people that said oh let's i guess guys let's just survive like we've sort of done this we followed jesus for this long we may as well keep going like no there's this actual devotion and it's to god's word to the fellowship the breaking of bread and the prayers and another part that i i often gleam over is that they were devoted to the fellowship which is to say like they were devoted to each other it wasn't a a religious schedule but a devotion and to just think about that just right now like do we have devotion for each other i see i see a lot of devotion for god we talk about god but what does that mean to have devotion for each other you now do we look forward to hanging out on a sunday or during the week or is it just are we just in the habit and um because i don't know about you but i sometimes i just go to church. Um, and I don't feel devoted and then I get there and somebody says something, we sing a song or something in the sermon and you just go, man, I love these people, um, why, why, why do I feel so often disconnected from that in my own heart? So for all the Bible studying, the communion, the prayers they made, they made sure they did as much as they could together and I understand we can't do everything together, obviously, um, But there was this overwhelming sense that I see that together was better, together was needed. And um, I don't want to diminish the the joy of personal time with God. We were talking about this in one of the small groups, but there's just something in the love of God that that must be shared. It must be enjoyed together. Um, And I think we, we need a devotion towards that as God's people. And out of that devotion, look at what happens next. It says, all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And, and as I read this, I almost like, got this sense that you know, God is watching these group of people, these Christians, and they're loving each other and they're taking his word seriously and they're remembering what Jesus has done and the society's looking down on them and you know, he sees their devotion, and it's almost just like he—he he looks into that church, and he sees them loving each other and doing living as he wants them to, and he just smashes them with his this blessing. You know, it says all came over every soul, and it's to me, it's almost like God made their hearts bigger, like increase their capacity to know Him better, to to feel Him better, and um, and then all of a sudden these miracles and signs start, you know, popping up all over the town, and um. I don't know, I just get this excitement from that, like that, like, like God is pouring more of himself into that. Like for so long I've read this part of Scripture as just like the history of the church, you know. Um, but I really wanted us to dig deeper and just look at like how these people, think about how these people would have treated each other, what they did, and like where is the magic? How did they grow? And they were devoted to God and to each other. And God just seems to reward that devotion. He seems to just throw more of himself into it and this heart of God just overflows in this church, just blowing up, really. And um, I started thinking to myself, what, what's stopping us from walking in their shoes? I was thinking about it, like, even if we leave camp and, if, and all the words that I've said and all the discussions that we've said and the guys and the songs, and what if we left just with two things on our heart, which was devote ourselves to God and devote ourselves to each other? You know, yesterday we made a list. you are like thinking of these possibilities. Like I'm really excited for the future, and I'm, and I know we're not apostles. <laughs> I'm not asking, I'm not asking us to go looking for miracles. Um. But I will say, but who's to say that if we start taking this loving thing seriously, that just crazy stuff just didn't start happening? I think I think it's a fair question. You know, like I, yeah, I don't want to go out there and pretend to be a crazy healer or something. I'm not telling you to do that, but there seems to be something that happens when God's people love each other. And again, God just pours more of himself into that. And what outflows from that is just these crazy, amazing things. And I know it must be hard to think think of us as a church because we are we are so different you know we've got different personalities professions upbringings home life um, we just heard about different ones this morning like and in many ways this church shouldn't work you know like we should just be this I don't know I don't know about you but I just think it's just crazy how we're so different and yet um, there seems to be so much against us but what Brings us together is the love, the love we have for Jesus, the love He has for us, and and in turn, um, devoting ourselves to each other. And I just think, you know, when God talks about all our weaknesses, we we mentioned that at the start, like all the stuff going on in the world that, you know, makes Jesus look really bad. You know, we all have stuff like that in our own life that weaknesses and stuff that really doesn't hold Jesus up as as we should, but even our differences make us strong. You know, when the love for God results in love for the church, that's when stuff starts happening. You know, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And as I was reading that, I, I thought, Lord, you know, I often spend time thinking about how different we are as a church, and, and sometimes that is seen as a weakness, but um, God says, like, if I love you in that difference, he's going to make it work, just like he will make a body work. So I, wanna, I want us to ask each other, are we devoted to each other? Is there people here that we just put up with, but we don't really love? Like, do we have hang-ups that we've never shared with each other? And I just think as we talk about this stuff, everyone starts thinking about it. I think we've all got them. You know, God revealing to them. God revealing it to us right now, and, and I, just, I just pray you'll deal with it. And you may even, it might be something that you've carried for so long and you've just never given it. You know you need to give it up to God, or you need to give it up to your brother or sister, but you haven't. I just pray that God will break that and give you more love and get past this superficialness and into devotion it mightn't be a bad habit, but you might just be tired and maybe you've been doing this for a long time and you're just tired and you just need the Lord to give you more love. So let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, I just see the picture of your church and how we can be. And I, just, I don't know the hearts and the lives of my brothers and sisters. you do you know where we are where we are with each other and i just pray lord you would give us more love thanks guys i'll keep going be more times to pray um and i was thinking about these early christians too and um they were human you know like (coughs) they would have had questions they would have had doubts they would have had struggles they would have had theology differences um but there just seemed to be this devotion and their, this love that whatever the issue was, it just couldn't compete with their fellowship. And you just don't see a lot of that in the modern church. Uh, but here it is happening right at the beginning when, when it should blow up and not even start. And, um, you know, as we look to the future of this church, we think about the Baptist Union idea. Whatever we decide to do, like, can we at least commit to be devoted to each other through this season? we have next in the church, like, I I know there's going to be big questions we need to ask and decisions that need to be made, but I think if we have that devotion for each other, we can go through anything. And we can do it in a way that's loving and that holds Jesus up and loves each other as well. So back to Acts really quick. If these Christians who started off were already doing sort of weird stuff, like the devotion really started to get out of hand. You know, some of them, it says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And it's, it's not saying, oh, I became a Christian, so I need to sell everything and, you know, give it away to the poor, but there seemed to be when these guys hung out, um, you start to get to know people, you listen, you learn, you care, and sooner or later, a need arises. And uh, often when a need arises and we don't know someone well, then for me, you know, the need just seems to go in one ear and out the other. But when when you're devoted to that person, when you love them, like the need has a weight, whether that be a text message asking for prayer or help in a backyard or something like that, like the more I've thought about that, I just thought the more love I have, the more it makes me want to respond to these needs. And so when I throw them off like that's a bit of a sign that yeah maybe my love's out of whack and I need to ask God for more love like getting up this morning at six thirty with three angry kids that was the first thing I prayed Lord give me more love because man I was a cranky little boy but it was awesome you know it was like went down there and the sun was coming up and I was like Lord it's just so worth it thank you And I just realise, as I read this, as I look at this early church, and as I look at on you guys, and I've sat up there and had conversations, I just don't know you well enough. Um, And I just think that's got to change. Um, Some of you I sit beside every week at church, and I've I've never been in your home, and you know some of you have never been in mine, and um, that's got to change. That's something I want to pray about right now. Oh Lord Jesus, I just pray this next season help us to open up our hearts, open up our homes, open up our lives to each other Lord and I just, I know that I don't know this church as well as I ought. And the few that I do Lord, I just, I just want to go deeper with them and I just pray you would help us to be intentional about a church that when we say we love each other, Lord, we actually do something. And for me, Lord, it is, is really getting back to basics and getting back to getting to know these people and their, their lives, their strengths, their
1: struggles. Lord, help,
2: help me, Lord, to, to be a part of that.
0: Amen. We aren't, jumping back into Acts, you know, we aren't told what the, those guys sold, um, but they saw a need arise from one of their brothers and sisters and they got on Gumtree and got selling. Yeah. You know, and I, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, a lot of people, when you sell stuff, they ask you why you're selling it. And, um, you know, you imagine this church, they would have been like, well, hey, my brother just lost his job and I want to fill his fridge for a week. And they're just like. What? Where are you from? Willowburn, buddy. We fridge fillers. You know, it sounds so lame, doesn't it? But like, that's, that's the potential. That's, that's an opportunity. Um, and I was thinking about just, you know, the last time, when was the last time you gave something up and just blessed someone in the church? Like, no strings attached. You just can't do that for people you just put up with. You know, um, and maybe you will. But I think the test of that is, you know, when you when you give something, and maybe it's there's no thanks, or you feel underappreciated, um, you start uh, you know you start checking in on your gift to see if it's being used properly. And you know, that's just not devotion. That's that's not love. That's religion. That's not love. And Jesus says, the world will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. So when we look to each other's needs in being generous, it's just a part of the way the world finds out who we are. And it's not like you need to get on Facebook and say, hey guys, this guy just gave me that. I mean, you could do that if you really wanted to, but it kind of seems a little bit forced. It's just in conversation, like as your life comes out with the people you work with, family members that don't know God and that do know God, like it's, it becomes quite public you know it goes on it says and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all people and we aren't really told what they did at the temple like though we can we can speculate it was obviously a place that the word was being preached from and is important to Jesus when he was alive but I understand the church was changing but they, they made it a priority and um I think when there's a devotion and that it's a priority, like it just—it's not a drag. It's not like oh, church,
1: hanging out with these people.
0: So the point I take away from that is that you know these people hung out—they publicly and privately, and particularly when they did meet in their homes, they ate together, and they were glad and generous and praising God.
1: And so I say, if we're committed
0: to each other, if we're devoted to each other as a church, especially in this next season, we have to make a commitment to hang out and be God's family. I was thinking about it. I was like, what if we even just committed to catching up with one family you know, once a week, once a fortnight? Somebody different, and then you know, we just went through the church that way. And it sounds so silly to have to schedule that, but maybe you're the person that needs that. I know I am, like, I'm, I'm just terrible unless I have a list, but I was just thinking about that, and I was like, mate, what if we committed to that, that we're just hanging out, having a meal, um, and we leave and go home, and we, you know, share our lives together, and it's very natural, it's not, not as much pressure, maybe you do feel pressure to cook for other people, but God will get you over that, What a pizza, <laughs> there you go, the old church lunch pizza run, but you get what I'm getting at, you know, and, um, and at the end of that it says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know, and it's easy to read that as like this, well, I guess that's how the church grew and God needed to have more people in the church. And you know, I've, read, I've read that verse so many times, but I'm, I'm more convinced than ever that these additions to the kingdom are a result of these first lot of Christians loving each other. And the reason I think you know, is that, isn't, this the, isn't that the type of people that God wants to bring the lost into to experience his love? I just think there's such a connection there between the love that these people had for each other and for God, and the fact that their church just started growing numerically.
1: And I'm not saying that's our problem, but I, why we haven't
0: grown, if we think we haven't grown in numbers, but... Maybe that's a bit of a flag for us. Maybe that our love is a bit off and and maybe there's a blockage there. I don't
1: know. Something to think about.
0: But back then, these guys, their love, for whatever reason, it was public and the world was taking notice. Just like Jesus says, they would know they were God's disciples by the love they had for each other. I just want to end with a couple of questions for you
1: guys. Where will the magic for Willowburn be in the next days, weeks, year?
0: Will we grow? How will we grow? And really that's up to you. It's up to every single one of us here. Will we take Jesus' word to heart? Which is this. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another.
1: Let's pray.
2: Lord Jesus, I am just going to keep this so short and just ask you that you would give us more love,
1: more devotion, Lord, to you and your word and to your people. Lord, would you change us, give us more love, because your kingdom is at stake. We cannot grow, Lord, if we have no love. So would you do that at Willowburn, Lord? And I even pray for this time next year at camp, there would be new faces, new bums on seats, more kids. And Lord, I just really feel like
0: you've laid that out for us. And I I just believe from what you've said in your word that you will reward your church by the love they have
1: for each other. So give us more, Lord, and help us. Give us that devotion you speak of in your early church. In Jesus'
2: name. Amen.